What did Dr. Doom really want? He wanted to rule the world. Now, think about this. You could walk across the street against a traffic light and get a summons for jaywalking. But you could walk up to a police officer and say, I want to rule the world. And there's nothing he can do about it. That is not a crime. Anybody can want to rule the world. So even though he was the Fantastic Four's greatest menace, in my mind, he was never a criminal. Hello and welcome to episode 526 of Under the Cull of MS. This is a comics episode, Thursday comics episode. That was a little quote by Stan Lee. Talking about one of the most misunderstood characters in Marvel comics. That is, for some reason, Dr. Doom has just grown on me quite a bit over the last year, year and a half. But, we got a couple little stacks of comics to talk about today. Not too much beyond that. But I figured I'd at least go through these two stacks that I picked up. I got a, a set of six for six dollars and a set of five for five dollars. So it basically came out of a buck of comic. Figure what the heck. I know I had one or two issues of each of them. But I figure at a buck a piece I can easily resell the duplicates. So I grabbed the packs so I could finish the story and get what I was missing. We're going to start out with Dark Ages. It was foreshadowed in a free comic book day from 2020, 2021. X-Men and in today's series of Mysterious teasers, this highly anticipated limited series will see heroes from every corner of the Marvel Universe unite against a new threat and fail. Their defeat will usher in an exciting new age full of heartbreaking loss and unimaginable stakes. As the world is remade, fans will meet fascinating new versions of their favorite heroes as they fight to overcome insurmountable odds and restore hope to the universe. This is a six-issue miniseries from Marvel Comics. That's written by Tom Taylor with art by Ivan Coelho. A mysterious threat has awakened within the Earth, and a gathering of Earth's mightiest heroes is assembled to save their planet. However, despite their best efforts, the heroes have failed and plunged the earth into darkness. Now the survivors set out to rebuild the world and deal with an old threat growing emboldened. It has nothing to do with the 2014 comic by Dark Horse or the Dark Age of comic books or the Dark Age of Super Names. 
not to be confused with Marvel's Dark Agnes series. I wouldn't think, yeah, I mean, that Dark Agnes, I, when I did read something from that, I can, I thought, I think I may have said Dark Ages a couple times, but this was a enjoyable run. I had some teasers in the past. I didn't realize I had that end issue also at the beginning and the end, but I was missing some stuff from the middle. We get quite a few of our characters in here. I love that Devil Dinosaur and Moon Girl are a big part of it. Miles Morales, Spidey, Gwen, and Deadpool. I, we got everybody in this that just makes an appearance strange and We do have volcanoes ex- erupting in this one also, but it's not like the Lazarus volcanoes that spew stuff across the universe that affects everything. But yeah, you get a huge variety, if not all your favorite Marvel characters throughout this. And what I love is even Fing Fang Foom makes an appearance in here, which we don't get to see much of. Dr. Doom is a big part of this storyline. They have to get people, refugees, away from apocalypse and all the main dangers going on. And they take a giant helicarrier type ship that storm uses her powers to blow the wind on the sails to make it move and they just fill people and take them to wakanda and try and get them out of harm's way while dealing with all the threats that are being brought upon them from characters that apocalypse is controlling possessing, sending out into the world. And the main storyline is based around the Unmaker that lives in like the center of the earth. And they're trying to find a way to deal with him. And they also hook up with Deadpool in Europe and he helps get them through some certain areas to try and get to where they're headed, the main spot that they can attack from. And while they're doing that, they have to take breaks to sleep throughout the night and stop in certain spots and some entities attack them while they're trying to rest up so they don't have to go through certain parts of the world environment that have more and more uh, enemies waiting them to appear, which you would think they'd want to go at night because a lot of the characters that they deal with are good with nighttime monstrosities or <laughs> nighttime uh, horrors nighttime issues and you got blade with them and stuff yet all the characters that can use fire flame 
lightning, all that. So the darkness shouldn't be a problem. But they do find out at one of their first stops that, yeah, there is a entity from their past that's combined with another entity from their past that all in all, they kind of work up a little bit of a sweat fighting off this double-sided entity that they have to deal with but it was this run was a lot of fun i'm very glad i found it at milwaukee mighty con in a six pack for six bucks and got the complete run so i could finally get that middle section read and find out what i was missing out on but yeah it was definitely worth it if you like marvel comics check out that run we do lose some key characters in here. I don't know if that goes on further in some other runs. I'm kind of curious. But I know there are some changes that happen in the future from that. So those characters could be gone at that time it's so hard to tell anymore with all the multiverses and everything else and the <laughs> different different types of ways that they bring people back to life and all that shit so i don't know what will happen in the future what has happened if any of it's permanent or what but definitely interesting check it out that was dark ages by marvel comics and then the other one's also by Marvel Comics. This is new Fantastic Four. Number one to five from Marvel Comics. In 1991's Fantastic Four number 347, comic book legends Walter Sim Simonson and Arthur Adams introduced an unforgettable iteration of Marvel's premier superhero team. When they teamed up, Wolverine, Spider-Man, Ghost Rider, and Hulk as the new Fantastic Four. Though their time as the Fantastic Four was brief, this unlikely group of heroes left a big impact, and now fans will get the return to this special moment in Marvel history in a new limited series kicking off. In, oh yeah, we don't need... This is the one that they're talking about is this five issue run that I picked up, but it's written by Peter David artist, Alan Robinson. It's set shortly after the events of the fan favorite groups. First appearance, taking readers back to a classic era with a brand new tale in the same vein as titles like X-Men, Legends, Maestro, and Silver Surfer Rebirth. But Wolverine, the Hulk, Ghost Rider, and Spider-Man have reunited to investigate a surge of violence in Las Vegas. And with demonic masterminds pulling the strings, they're going to need some extra help. This all-new adventure will feature surprise guest stars aplenty. 
including the original Fantastic Four, and a series of mystery villains that you'll never see coming. Although their original stint was extremely short-lived, the alternate version of the Fantastic Four has had its fans for years. Uh, yeah, we don't need to go over all that stuff. But basically, there's a priest trying to help some people out. And he ends up coming across an entity in the sewers, in the tunnels below the city. And that entity is a certain demon that is corrupting all the people below the surface, below the city, all the homeless people and whoever you come across. And he's got the ability to take certain demonic souls and put them into people's bodies. And apparently it's all souls that he's taken over over the years. He just has that ability to send them into whatever character he wants to, including if they're power, super powered style souls or just regular type of demonic souls. And I get to see, got to see certain style of fighting from ghost rider rider that I'd never seen before. Our priest finds out that he has some certain abilities when he decides to wish for a certain Fantastic Four group to appear and deal with the demon. And while that's happening, he's wishing on other things, and some characters are disappearing, some characters are being moved, some character, characters are getting sucked into the storyline, and he doesn't realize that he's got some certain powers and abilities. And once he does, then he also finds out where his powers and abilities came from, which is a nice little twist. excuse me and then we get to see how our characters deal with everything once they do get kind of laid out kind of figure out what's going on with everything and why they're being teamed up again and what's happening, how they were brought into the whole picture, finding out what this character is all about. And we also get to see an interesting side of Johnny Storm. He gets some uh, new abilities for a bit. And there's an interesting fight between him and Wolverine that I really enjoyed seeing how that came out as this very fun battle between the two 
but let's see midway through the story arc you got spider-man wolverine mr fix-it and ghost rider reunited in las vegas there they came to the rescue of father john priest and an underground homeless community being targeted by the demon Asmodeus. That's his name. I couldn't think of it. Using mysterious and unexplained powers, Father John unexpectedly teleported himself to Reno and Spider-Man, Wolverine, and Mr. Fix-It to the Baxter Building in New York, leaving Ghost Rider behind. The Human Torch returned with the heroes, and Father John to Vegas to aid Ghost Rider in his battle against Osmodius and his horde of demonically possessed civilians. But during the fight, a demon also took control of the Human Torch. But, yes, Osmodius character's interesting little being. And we do get some Doctor Strange in this storyline also. Which pretty much anytime you see a new team up of characters or something, there's usually a Doctor Strange somewhere in the background controlling that. But we also get to see Mephisto in here when the characters get deeper into the Hell Realms and dealing with the demons and all that stuff. And you basically get, at one moment, and there's a very interesting demon that comes up in the end from the depths of hell. But you also get more of a Fantastic Eight team up. You get the Fantastic Four and the new Fantastic Four. You get eight different characters this way when you team up. But yeah, that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that run quite a bit. I'm glad I picked that up and finished that off finally. So, But that is all the comics I got this week, so it's a quick one. We do, apparently, I got notification today that we are going to have Troy Dungara on the Crimson Color Comic Club podcast this week. The creator of Kid Slapshot. So, and currently just got the new book, Lucky, that came out. That Troy and Tim Seeley collaborated in. So, we'll be reviewing that probably in a couple weeks. But I guess we're not going to review it this week. We're just going to talk to Troy about some things and then I think since we got a little time left we'll end it with some old facts let's see what we got here in 1974 Americans spent five and a half billion dollars on things to eat or drink from vending machines four out of every five foods bought from vending machines were junk foods Junk foods are high in fat and sugar, but low in vitamins, minerals, and protein. Well, no shit. And junk foods actually 
last. I mean, you can't put fresh foods in there. You'll have them molding within a couple days. You got to have food that can just sit in that machine forever until someone buys it. Yeah, and that's quite a bit of money back in the 70s. But there were people making good bank off of vending machines back in the day. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right. Betting is so popular in Fremantle, Australia, that people even place bets on mouse races. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Here's an unusual way. One 81-year-old man in Pontiac, Michigan, keeps in shape. He climbs 40 feet to the top of a pine tree and stands on his head. I hope he doesn't stand on his head at the top of the pine tree. <laughs> but he did live to 81 at least. So. Uh, bull dodging is a rodeo event. In it, a cowboy on horseback chases after a steer. The cowboy jumps from his horse, grabs the steer by the horns, then tries to wrestle the steer to the ground. But where did bulldogging get its name? One story is that a famous cowboy, Bill Pickett, invented bulldog bulldogging. The story says that Pickett used to grab his steer by the horns, but then he would bite the steer's upper lip, like a bulldog would bite, and let go with his hand. <laughs> I don't don't know if I heard it called that back when I used to work the rodeo circuit in Montana. So I, I worked for a Montana rodeo for a while. I also worked for a Montana uh, Hereford Hereford auction house on the grounds of the rodeo. So we'd sit there and auction off cattle. We'd have to prep them, do all the wonderful checks, sticking your arms all the way up in there. <laughs> Getting the cattle all ready, the horses, whatever we were selling, pigs. Prep them, do all that stuff, get them laid out in their cages, fed all that. And then we'd sit there and have the auction. And then I'd, I was the main... Uh, scale runner so i'd have to sit there and you'd go through a doorway into a scale they'd close the doorways we'd weigh me and the all the livestock whatever we were selling at that moment and then i'd walk them into the arena walk them around while people bid on them and then take them back out through the scale and then grab the next one, bring them in. Like sometimes I'd have two, three head of cattle or pigs or whatever with me in the scale at one time. I'd have a steer in there. I had quite a few times where I got slammed up against the side of the scale by the cattle. It just... <laughs> They don't, no animal's thrilled when you take it 
from an open environment and stick it in a closed environment and they can't see what's beyond that environment. And then once you open the door again and then you see a bunch of people sitting and you're going in there, it kind of makes some of the critters nervous. And Every now and then they'll kick, and they'll smack a wall or something, thankfully, instead of smacking me. There were a couple close calls, but yeah, even getting pressed up against that, those walls and the scale can <clears throat> be pretty pretty intense of a slam against you like you're getting hit by a wrestler but i'd wear my full leathers for extra protection and stuff and just did what you could but yeah it was a interesting thing and then we'd We'd have the auctions during the day on the weekends, and then we'd have the rodeos at night, so then I'd have to get all the animals prepped for the rodeo and fed, all good to go, caged up, lined up the way they had to be, and then then we'd put them in their blocks and set them up and do all the rodeo events and get all that done, and met a lot of interesting people, met a lot of big name rodeo superstars over the years because our circus was part of the California, Las Vegas, all those big events all were com- connected with the organization that we worked for. Yeah, it was fun and interesting. But Montana was a big part of my livestock horse environment and I worked on a horse farm I was the only worker that did all the took care of all the animals and it was for a gentleman that did not live in Montana traveled all over the world I can't remember where he originally lived in but he would come out to that ranch maybe two three times a year just to check on things and it was also it was mainly set up as a stud ranch uh the lady that i worked with she took care of i took care of fed and cleaned and took care of the pens and all that stuff for the animals and she took care of the interesting uh, doctor parts but It was a stud ranch, so she had to collect sperm and all that stuff from the horses. So that's like the first time I walked in on her dealing with that. That was quite an interesting day. But yeah, it's interesting how, oh, it's sad how rich people just buy things up because they want to spend money and they just don't care about those things enough to actually appreciate them and spend time with them instead they sit there and just like i said he comes out two three and if you're lucky four times a year just to look at his animals see how things are going look at the numbers see what kind of production's being done and if a horse isn't producing enough let's get rid of him and get a new horse and so yeah it's a it makes no sense but what you gonna do the one percenters that rule the world <laughs> they're not that intelligent sometimes but next up we got the famed pony express was such a financial failure 
that it was in existence for less than two years. I thought it was around longer than that. But I'm going to end it there because my asshole cat just keeps climbing on me and it's being annoying. I am just done with it. I am going to stick him outside in the snow so he can bitch about that. Because he obviously wants attention and I can't give it to him when I'm trying to do podcasts. So I'm going to have to stop this here and get back to it later. So check out Crimson Color Comic Club, Under the Color, Under the Color of MS. And we'll get back to you with more stuff sometime soon. Bye.